are live for the 102nd episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. I am your host, Matt Luzluigi, and tonight it's Andrew, and it's G. I'm, once again, not going to ask how we're doing. You know, it's been two weeks. I think we kind of all know how we're doing. Uh, currently, I'll just give you the rundown. It's currently 1040. I'm currently recording a podcast about my loser baseball team that got eliminated in the wild card round with Andrew and G. I'm currently also watching our two most hated rivals compete for a trip to the World Series with the Red Sox looking like they're probably going to fucking go. So things aren't good. Oh, and also <laughs> and also also the reason why we we have gathered here today to record this podcast is because the Yankees re-signed Aaron Boone on a three-year deal with the year, an option for a fourth. So that's the story. That's that's what's going on. And look, I I know I was emotional during the wild card game when me and Andrew were recorded. And I said that, look, I don't know if I could do this podcast next year if Aaron Boone's the manager. Well, it looks like he's going to be the manager for the next four years, considering the Yankees don't fire managers. So see you guys. This, this is the last episode. Look, Look, uh, Andrew, take it away before I just cry on the mic. Uh, Basically, yeah, the Yankees re-signed Aaron Boone. Three years, a fourth year. Brian Cashman had a press conference. And, yeah, uh, take it from there, man. I, I, That's all I really have to say for for right now. Look, 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 dude, dude, the writing was on the wall. And I know you guys didn't want to hear this uh, at the end of last season. Um, I say last season. It was like two weeks ago this season. But, um. They, they had that mini run where they won six in a row against or five of six against Boston and Toronto. And it looked like they were going to maybe figure their way back into contention. Right. Uh, and then, of course, they got their, their shit kicked in by Tampa. And you guys were like, well, if we don't make the World Series or if what, whatever, what, whatever it was that you were saying, like, yeah. I, I don't I, I think they're going to fire him. But I'm like, I think making the playoffs alone saves his job. As sad as that is, like, it, you're like, if we don't, if we don't at least make the ALCS. He's got to go. I'm like, it's not going to happen. Like, and I, you just knew it. Um, this team is too stuck in their own ways. And I agree with you. It's going to be really, really hard to root for this team unless like drastic changes happen. And I, I don't even know where to begin. It's not analytics. Analytics uh, it, on their, in their own right aren't bad. It, they're just information. But the way this team uses analytics, yep, the, the way, way the, the Yankees utilize empowers them. the manager to use the analytics uh, is it, it, broken. And it didn't matter that Aaron Boone came back because ultimately if they didn't bring him back, they would have brought back someone else who's exactly the same as him and right. nothing changes anyway. It's just a different name. It makes us as fans feel better, and, but doesn't actually change anything. And no like old school, like proven manager would have came in because he would have gotten to the meeting. And they would have said, okay, well basically you're going to be a puppet. And that manager would have walked right out. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, like Michael, Michael came talked about it in, in the wild came po- Post game press press conference, he was like, uh, "I think the names he floated were, were Buck Showalter, Jim Leland, Mike Sosha, and Bruce <laughs> yeah, Bochy." It's like, yeah, can you imagine? Can you mention Bruce Bochy, who's won three World Series with the Giants, doing things his own way? Uh, granted, he had really Jim good teams, Leland in the had, year twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, well, look, look, that I think that was just a name he just threw out there for for the sake of itself, right? But let's say a guy like Bruce Bochy, right, retired. I don't think he wants to manage again. But let's say the Yankees convinced him to come out of retirement. They're like, "Yes, yeah, so by the way, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and our guys are going to." give you recommendations for lineups. They're going to tell you uh, a pitching plan before the game even starts. He'd be like, how about fuck off? And he would just walk out of the interview room. Like, exactly. so this is where it was going to end up regardless. And if we had to have a quote unquote puppet, because I still think there is a level um, 
of power that that Aaron Boone has, and that's kind of why we hate it. Because if he was a straight up puppet, then like why why would you be mad at him? Like if he does literally nothing, nothing wrong, then you can't be mad at him because he's just there, right? Um, I still think there is something that he has control over. Um, if it had to be one of those situations, I'd rather someone who has familiarity with the team uh, and we don't have to start from scratch. But man, alive, this you don't you can't feel good as a fan right now. Um, hearing the things he said, and, and even more so, and I'll defer to G on this because he hasn't really gotten a chance to speak his mind yet. But the stuff that that Brian Cashman said today, like I've tried to defend him for as long as yeah. possible, but he just went on a word salad tangent yeah. all day and said nothing for an hour and a half. I, I'll, I'll say this about Brian Cashman, like the as the man who constructed last year's roster, which as we are all pretty much on the same page, it was not very good. Um, and even though it did not live up to expectations or, you know, the back of their baseball cards, it was not very good. Um, so the stuff about Aaron Boone, all the stuff that he said about Aaron Boone was a lot more like dismaying and troubling and like weird to me than it was. Like, anything he had to say about the roster itself. You know, he says, like, oh, you know what, Gleyber Torres, yeah, he copped to it. He's like, yeah, well, he's a second baseman. You know, we need to get a shortstop. I don't know about Gary Sanchez. Like, all the stuff that he says about the lineup made me be like, all right, so he at least knows, like, what, you know, that stuff needs to be done, that things need to change as it relates to the lineup. And in terms of Aaron Boone, it's just, I don't know, there's just something weird there that was just like, why is he puffing this guy up so much where he didn't do anything. Yeah, look, it was very, I was very taken aback by Cashman's presser today. I really was because I, I like Andrew, just like you kind of just alluded to. I've never been one of these people that's been like, oh, fuck Cashman. He's only won one world. So I really had, I think he's done a good job. I think he's made a lot of good signings. Like, look, being a GM like that, it's hit or miss. You're going to make good signings. You're going to make shit signings. It happens. But to some of the stuff he said in that press today, he was like, oh, there wasn't a, a thought, a second thought. Like, there was no doubt we were bringing Boone back. I'm like, what? Like, what, what do you mean yeah, there wasn't why, a thought? That's why like, well, like look, this, you, this is what it reminded me of. And, like, I, I love using my cross-board analogies, but this is actually, like, one that makes a lot of sense. This would be like bringing back a college football coach who was going into his final year of contract, let's say, had like the number two ranked team in the preseason, was expected to make the playoff, and then goes eight and four and just has like a lackluster year, right? You lose games you're not supposed to. And then that school says, you know what? We're five year extension. Like you're you're coming back here. Like that, people would say, like, hey, well, well, this guy just underachieved. And that's how I feel like with Boone. Look, man, four years, the guy made one ALCS, won the division one time. That's the bottom line. People talk about, well, Aaron Boone. Like there, it, I knew, like Andrew, I knew he was coming back when I saw like this kind of almost like Boone like puff up tour in the media of like, oh, Aaron Boone has the fourth highest win percentage. I'm like, dude, he, he was given the keys to a Corvette. No shit, he has a high winning percentage. Yeah, and, and, like, and what does that and, matter? And, and, he, that high winning percentage has gotten him one trip to the ALCS when his predecessor literally made Game Seven of the ALCS against the team that was cheating. Uh, with, with a, a team that squad. was expected to win like 80 games going into that year. So how right. could you say like, oh, well, he, he it just it was it, it was unbelievable. But uh, let's talk more about uh, we'll talk more about Cashman's presser later. But, yeah, the the way he and a lot of members of the media had been puffing up Boone ever since the season, it really was just like took me aback. It, it really did. 
and, and you heard Michael Kay say it right before the, uh, the the press conference even started, and then he reiterated it directly to, I forget, it was, I think it was Boone he said it directly to, because I don't think he, he got it on the Cashman segment of it, but he said, uh, were, were you like aware that you were going to come back because um, you were like the number one free agent target of, of all these teams? Like the Cardinals fired their manager, the Mets didn't retain Rojas, um, Tingler, the Padres is is yeah, isn't back. Um, the Padres, obviously. Boone yeah, so guy. Uh, the Schilt firing was was the the biggest shock, right? But all those teams needed a manager, and. These guys were like, well, well, Aaron Boone would be the number one choice for all those teams. Like, would he, would he really though? Like, would he really? Like, maybe, maybe our own hubris. We think yeah, this guy yeah, would, would be highly in demand, but like, we know better at the same time, and he sucks. Like, <laughs> if that was your biggest proponent of of bringing him back because you didn't want him to go cross town and lead the Mets, like, you're a fucking idiot. Sorry. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I, I agree. I but yeah, I heard that thing. Like, oh, Boone was the number one. I'm like, was he though? Like, was he? I don't think teams are that dumb to real. Like, I'm not saying like all these GMs and all these people that go into the hiring process are on Twitter and looking at all like the like you just know. Like I always say, like you go on Twitter, like you see how ratioed those Boone tweets got from the end. Like, oh my god, man, they had. I think it was like two thousand quote tweets, three hundred retweets on something. Like, it was just you could tell how mad people were. And it really, it's just, it, like I said, it, like the, the thing that came to me was just, it was, it's almost like a slap in the face to Yankee fans, like retaining Boone, especially when, and like you said, Andrew, before the show, it wouldn't be as bad if the Red Sox and Astros weren't in the ALCS right now. If it's at, if it's like White Sox Rays or at, like, honestly, it's not as bad. It's like, whatever. But the fact that our rival, like, here they are again in the World Series. They got rid of their best player. And guess what? Three years later, they're back in the World Series. And we haven't been in the World Series in 12 years. It just stings, man. And then it we're just going to run it all and back it's next like, year. Yeah, we're just, oh, let's run it back. Or we're so – and it really, man, it's it's very demoralizing. It's extremely demoralizing. Thing- in my opinion, the, one of the things that contributes to like Yankee fans being mad about this, you know, we talked. I, I mentioned already, like, like Cashman, like weirdly puffed the guy up. Like, you don't treat your fans like they're idiots, right? Like, if you were just going to be like, hey, you know what? We didn't meet expectations, but we thought he did a good job, and he can still grow. And you know, we just wanted to to keep going with him. And had a more like tempered kind of tone to it. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. I get that. Like, not to be like, oh well, he did a great job. We didn't meet expect expectations in the playoffs, but he did he did a great job and whatever. I'm like, you know what? That's like, don't treat us like we're stupid. All right, like that's that's not. But look, wins aside, because he definitely has a lot of success. Now, we Luigi mentioned he was handed the keys to a Corvette, so it would take a colossal fuck up to not win 90 more games in each of the first three full seasons of, of his tenure. Right. But like that piece aside, look at what this team did this, this year, obviously he can't take at bats for them. Right. So the fact that the power was done, the fact that the hitting with runners and scoring position was done, the fact that they hit into more ground balls and double plays than they have in, in, recent memory right like that's one piece he can't take those at bats but what else can he control he can control their attitude they're very complacent with losing he can control to an extent the defense or get on his number one 
coaching coordinator who controls infield and outfield defense and, and actually push that and base running. Right. So I, sorry, one more. And, and obviously the bullpen usage, right? So all these components, we saw that he had, he had deficiencies in. So it, it really was insulting for cash on that to tell us how good this guy's been and, and, and just rely on, on, on his record. And the, what is it that, it, what was the, the thing that the Yankees posted that said like he's the, the only manager or the second manager in major league history to, uh, make the playoffs in each of his first four managerial yeah, seasons. Probably, like, yeah, cool, that's took, great. But look at the roster. research all day to fucking find, like, a good enough stat to post like that, Dude. you know? Like, oh, well, yeah. that, this sounds good. Oh, is he only the first manager to do this. Oh, this is good. Yeah, this is also oh, the first time since the 1920s where the Yankees will have brought back a manager for a fifth consecutive season when he hadn't won at least one World Series in the first four years. Yep. So why? Why is this the guy that we're breaking all those trends for? Okay, like let's transition here, though. Okay, because and Andrew, you you've mentioned this a lot. It's not Boone that's the main problem. As much as I hate Boone and as shitty as I think Boone is, I still think the Yankees can win a World Series in spite of Boone. Teams do it all the time, right? But the problem with the Yankees is their front office. It's the analytics. It's the way they use analytics. Like. This was a few, this was I believe almost a week ago I read this and it was a rod and I don't know where I think it was I want to I think Nesson posted it and basically a rod they asked a rod like if Boone's the problem and this was the quote a rod had he said I met with the front office and they said we had a wild card game we had 30 people around the table making the lineup a rod said what do you need 30 people for what are you a hedge fund you're making a lineup. You think Joe Torre had 30 people? And like that really, and like it's funny because obviously like it got posted on Reddit and one of the comments was like 30 people around a table to decide that Joey Gallo should back clean up. Dude, literally. <laughs> but it's like, so true. The first thing it's that like you think about it. You're that... like, dude, you guys have 30 people around the table for a fucking lineup? Like what the fuck is it? It's a baseball lineup, man. It should be the it should be the manager and maybe his like hitting coach and the bench coach saying, Oh, what do, what do you think we do tonight? We go this guy, maybe want to make a switches. I don't know, just keep it the same. All right, cool. That's what it should be. It shouldn't be 30 fucking people like you're writing the Declaration of Independence. It's a lineup, man. It should be like the same it's been most of the year. Like it's like these guys, the the way they overthink things, the way they use analytics, it's like it's so dumb and it's so obvious to everyone who's not in Yankee Stadium. And, and just, the biggest problem with the Yankees is that they don't have an identity. They try so hard to be the Dodgers, to be the Rays, to be the Astros, rather the than Dodge. just figure out. And and, and let me just say, uh, I think it was actually might have been one of the Barstool guys who said it. I, I don't I don't recall, but with with, with analytics. If you're gonna have this pre this script for how you're gonna do the pitching one day or how you're gonna set up a lineup, like you need to have the roster that's capable of fulfilling that plan. The, with the with the front office and the and and I, I guess even uh, Boone and his coaching staff don't do is there there's a lack of, of consistency between a plan and and the resources to fulfill that plan. So they're not looking at the lineup and saying okay, these guys can execute this plan. It's just, well, hey, this is the plan that is shown to be successful across the league. Well, guess what? You don't have the players to make it work. Like, what are you doing? The Yankees Mm -hmm. don't have the ability, at least currently, to look at themselves internally, 
take an audit of what and who they are and figure out a plan that works based on their own identity. They're trying to be everyone else and pigeonhole this set of players, this roster into everyone else's philosophy. And that's a really, really dangerous and ultimately ineffective way to do business. Well, so I think based on what Cashman said today, um, I think they're they are at least aware of something being wrong. Yep, I was just you know, going to say that, Jay. Because he he said, you know, you know, defense is an issue, right? We're not contact oriented enough. Like, not to say they're going to like revolutionize and be leading the league and whatever, right? Like. Um, they were saying this on R2C2 recently. Like, if you look at the Rays website, their front office page, it's like, yeah, well, they're only going to spend $65 million on payroll. But if you look at their front office page, like their baseball operations department is like hundreds of people. So, you know, they are deficient, you know, in spending power, but they make up for it somewhere else. Like, you know, the Yankees aren't this like industry leading revolutionary front office. They're just, an okay one and right. their competitive advantage that, is that they can spend a lot of money. They gee, can spend what, more money than like 28 other teams. Right. See, gee, that's what A-Rod was saying in the wild card game. He's saying, look, the Rays do that because they don't have money. Like you're the Yankees. You don't have to do that. Be the Yankees. Go outspend them. You know, like, you know, like, oh, let's just try to like, be, it's like, dude, we don't have to, we can spend money. The Rays are doing this because they don't have the money we have. Well, like, it's what, what's the that. stat? What's the stat? Like, like 10 or 15 years ago, the Yankees um, average payroll was like 207 million and the rest of the league, the mean payroll was like 71. And as of this past season, the Yankees payroll was like 207.5 and the rest of the league had shot up to 130 million or something like that. So they have that that number in mind. They're not using it as a competitive advantage. And we're like, yeah, it's cool that they were able to spend 200, whatever million, seven, 10, 15 years ago. But with inflation and with everything that's going on, they've capped themselves at that number while the rest of the league has been like, well, we could spend a little more. And then just that that's actually been a, a competitive disadvantage for the Yankees because they're mm-hmm. not using their financial resources. Well, yeah. They still have a high payroll, but they're not increasing their payroll relative to the rest of the league, increasing their payroll. Yeah. I mean, like I would say, part of that is when you look at what the players that the Yankees have actually spent that on. Um, I would say I guess I don't know. Somewhat related to it, right? Like you could say a lot of the Yankees players that they're relying on the last like few years, right? Twenty seventeen, it was the young guys, Gary and you know Judge and you know, Glaber and whoever else, right? And since then, they've added Cole, who's like 30-whatever million, and Stanton, who's 30-whatever million. But, like, a lot of the other guys just haven't gotten any better. So, like, yeah, you're spending $207 million. You thought Hicks was going to be, you know, a good, valuable player, and now he's hurt, and he's under contract for $10 million. Like, you can go up and down the roster, right? Luke Voigt is getting paid $6 million, and he was hurt and whatever else, right? Like, Like, a lot of the players that they spend this money on just haven't gotten any better so that's you know a knock on cashman i guess but just to say generally like yeah they're spending a lot of money but right now they're not even spending it that great yeah well here's the thing about and g you were talking about this here's the thing about cashman's comments today about oh like it seems like they're at least aware and he's talking about oh we need to make this team you know more athletic more contact oriented and he's saying all stuff it's like dude you built this team 
Like, you're the one, like, oh, we need to do that. It's like, yeah, man, we've all known this for fucking years. How how long, almost every year we've done this podcast, we've said the same thing. It's like, oh, this team needs more, like, just contact hitters. This te- this lineup needs more balance. Hey, we can't all be just, you know, home run or bust throughout the lineup. It's okay if a couple guys are like that, but you need to have a few guys that just put the ball in play and do the little things. That evens out, that balances a lineup. And it's just, you know, cre- seems like credit just to, now to he's Joel realizing Sherman. this. Credit to Joel Sherman for really holding his ass to the fire on that today. And he dodged the question even then. But but Joel Sherman, he he didn't actually phrase it correctly. Uh, he was talking about, like, would you have put out a lesser lineup to get better results? Like, he didn't word it well. I know what he was trying to say. What he was trying to say is the Yankees have this thing, and, and he got it directly from Mike Fishman, who's the assistant general manager and head of the analytics department, in an interview at the All-Star break this past year. Basically, Fishman said they control or they, they stack their their roster based on maximizing run differential, right? So if this player funny, will, yeah. <laughs> will provide this positive run differential in, at, offensively and this negative, whatever, right? They want to put together the best in a vacuum run differential team. But the problem is that you build so many of the same type of players, there's no cohesion in the lineup, and it actually works as a detriment. And so one thing that Sherman did point out was, yeah, you have a, a player like like Luke Voigt, and he does certain things well, but so do so many other people in the roster. They do the same things well. Now, Luke Voigt has X, Y, and Z deficiencies, which mirror the same deficiencies that are elsewhere on the roster so now you've created this huge divide where everyone does one thing well but everyone also does the same things really poorly and there's no balance you need to have you you need to basically raise the floor that's that's why the yankees were were so you need to have balance you know that's why the yankees were were so roller coaster this year right because you had the highs and the lows what you need to do is minimize the lows and then work on punching the ceiling up a little higher right but you got to raise the floor up to mediocrity rather than have like hey there's a potential for this to be disastrous because we had moments this year where the season was looking disastrous what was the quote that that cashman said um that oh good there's devers hitting the home run uh, oh never mind okay um <laughs> uh i think the quote from from cashman was Andrew, that ball was hit like uh, 200 feet <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah and like eight miles in the air but uh at this point, everything they hit, it does. Cashman said, at this point, there was parts of the year where we were um, unbeatable, and then there was other parts of the season where we were unwatchable. Like, how is that part okay? Like, yeah, the 13-game win streak is, is all well and good, but if you just openly acknowledge that there was portions of your season that were unwatchable, like, that's a problem. you got to own that. Like, yeah, so he left enough breadcrumbs in there, you know, for me – to be like, yeah, so he knows he fucked up, and I would have loved to have him just say, like, oh, you know what? I built the roster, and it's my fuck up, and I feel like the fans would have given him credit for that. Um, so, I mean, I, in terms of just, like, in terms of the roster, right, like, it was kind of, you know, people didn't really back off the, like, they should be the AL favorites. Um, even as they were saying, oh, it's going to be a redundant kind of weird not defensively very good roster that's just going to like probably hit a lot of home runs or whatever like you know we've known you know in the modern you know this millennium right their organizational philosophy was like hit a lot of home runs and work walks and you know what we'll strike out but like yeah we're gonna hit a lot of home runs and we're just gonna like bomb you to death which is fine and i feel like they kind of got too far down that hole this year and like 
I don't know. I'm gonna. Uh, Luigi loves the crossport references. I'm gonna make a crossport reference. Um, there we go. You know, like the Houston Rockets, right? Like the w- before they traded everyone and all that stuff, right? The Mike D'Antoni Houston Rockets, where it's just like we're gonna get up as many three pointers as possible, and just blow you out and just three pointer you into oblivion in the regular season. Well, that's the regular season, right? You get to the like the conference finals. You get to the playoffs a couple of times with the same group, and you don't do anything your regular season kind of means a little bit less and then you just get defined by what you do in the playoffs and if it, you're going to hit a lot of home runs in the playoff or in the regular season and then those home runs are gonna you know those games are going to tighten up in the playoffs like what you do in the regular season doesn't matter anymore if that group is not built to succeed in the postseason then you just wasted everyone's you know six months of everyone's time because I'm going to give you one counter that this year, though, because outside of Garrett Cole, I don't think there's a single player on the Yankees who, granted, it was only a one-game playoff, but I don't think there was a single player on the Yankees who did anything different in that wildcard game than they did in the regular season. We got the performance that we would have expected from each and every player in that lineup relative to what we saw during the 162-game season, right? Joey Gallagher, big spots, and you knew he he wasn't doing anything. Anthony Rizzo had had a brief moment, uh, and then our two offensive people we could we could rely on were judge and stand so um to that end i don't know if if like the rockets is is, is the best comparison because it's okay, not like i mean I'll, this team, I'll, I'll, it's I'll not like everyone it. in the lineup hit a bunch of home runs and everyone hit 300 and then no one got a hit against right. the ball in the wild card game yeah everyone like, just performed exactly sense, as we expected like, they just you know, by like, a philosophy sense i i think yeah yeah i mean when you when you play like MLB or 2K or whatever sports game and you just make this like stupidly absurd lineup just to get all the best hitters, the best shooters, the best whatever into the lineup and you'd be like, fuck it, I'll figure out defense later. Like that's what they did essentially, right? Like Luke Voigt stinks at defense and he doesn't hit for a high average and he is right-handed and he hits home runs, right? And it was like four of those guys in the everyday lineup at the very least, right? Like so... I don't know. It's just not to single out Luke Voigt. Like there was there, everyone, there was a lot of different problems, but that was just like, they made like a video game lineup and had to deal with it every day and be like, Hey, wait a minute. Our defense actually sucks. And we have a bunch of mediocre base runners who are getting thrown out at every base. Like who could have predicted that? And I really would have appreciated if Cashman just copped to that and be like, yeah, that's my fuck up. And we're going to address it. Cause I feel like that would have just been like an easy credit for him. He well, did. He did a few times say, um, you know, that's on me or I'll take ownership of that. But it was so vague what he was talking about. He didn't explicitly refer to stuff like you're, like you're referencing. So he he tried to take blame without actually explicitly taking blame for anything in particular. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, to sum all that up, I'm just saying, like, I feel like he he said enough that makes me think that he's aware of it. Now, what front office changes um, might come out of that? I'm not sure we'll ever really get a hard answer on, but like, you know, the Yankees are always going to be aggressive to change over the roster. I think more so this year, no matter what they say, they're going to be aggressive to try and change the roster. And like they already started to make changes, you know, in the dugout anyway, which we can get to. Yeah. So before I forget, obviously, Marcus Thames no longer here. Phil Nevin also gone. So death not really though because both those guys deserve to lose their jobs as sad as it is right because it is adults losing their jobs it's just never nice to see they definitely both work at the job done yankees led the league and getting out at home plate and their offense was terrible so yeah 
good riddance. Um, but guys, the thing, let's just wrap the show because we don't want to go too long. We're going to do another full kind of season wrap up off season preview show. Obviously there's the pending CBA this off season. So who the hell knows if we even get an off season, right? But here's the thing. Let's, let's assume we do. Let's assume they work everything out. Brian Cashman said we need a shortstop, right? That's he we need, he said we need to address the shortstop position. And he was pretty and noncommittal it, when asked about catcher too. And and yes, he it was very I mean, I feel like that's been the case for the last few years. But basically, if here's here's my opinion. There are four I have four names at shortstop that if the Yankees do not get one of these guys, that I think it's kind of a failure of an offseason. Seeger, Correa, Simeon, and Story. Honestly, I think I'm going to cut you off if, by saying you can cross Story off that list and just keep the other three. I, I mean, at this point, I mean, Story's a massive upgrade over Glaber, Gio, or oh my god, Altuve just hit a home run, didn't he? Yep, Altuve. Oh my god, Altuve. <laughs> This little fucker. Yeah, you know what, man? You got to give this little this little guy credit, man. Jesus Christ. That was a no-doubter. Um, so, yeah, anyways, those are the four names, I think. I Me, personally, I want Simeon. Um, I think Seager's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I just think the Dodgers are going to lock him up as soon as the season ends. Yeah, I agree. Um, Simeon, Simeon, is, right, Simeon is a guy who, hey, man, he played second base this year, and he said, I want to play shortstop, right? And obviously, I think the Blue Jays are pretty committed to Bo Bichette at short. Man, I would love some Marcus Simeon, man. Great defender. Just coming off a 46 home run year, that would be a great get. It really would. Here's the thing. Here's here's my big concern with the Yankees. Unless they use these guys as trade bait for whoever you want to say. Matt Olson to cover first base, Byron Buxton for center, whatever, right? They have Peraza. And Volpe in the pipe. And if you sign one of these big time short subs to a five to seven year contract, then those guys are effectively blocked permanently. So you have to trade them, right? So I really, really am worried. Although I'll give the, the Yankees some leeway if they actually can effectively pull it off, which I won't believe it until I see it. But I, I'm worried that they're going to go the bridge guy direction. Um, a name that you've heard float out is Angelton Simmons. If that happens, I'm actually going to blow my brains out. But I could see them going any number of directions, uh, trading, you know, some bottom feeder team for a guy who can effectively play shortstop for like a year or two, uh, similar to how we got DD and it ended up being a little better than we expected. Uh, and consider on certainly longer than a year or two, but just enough until we can get a guy like Volpe up in, in, in the majors, because, he surpassed Dominguez as our number one overall prospect this year. He had one hell of a minor league season. And if the Yankees are committed to that in their future, then you can't commit $300 million to a shortstop and block him. It's a fair point, but I think the, I, I think the Yankees are kind of past that point. I don't really think they have the option to say, Oh, we're going to wait for the shortstop. Like, are, are you I mean, really going to pass up on like a guy, like a Seager or a Simeon or a story to, to wait for Anthony Labs? Good as Volpe. Should they? Looks. No. Can they? But like, uh, you don't, what you don't were they going to be? Yeah. What were they going to do if Labor Torres just turned out to be like an incredible shortstop, right? Like, well, that's you're, not you're, you're, well, obviously not. But like, your job is to find the good players now and also find them for later. So like, 
that's their job to be planning that. And I'm sure they have hopefully an idea of what they're going to do. Um, that is beyond just like, oh, we'll make sure he's really good and then trade him for someone else. Like, but <laughs> no, I don't know. Comment. Like, I, go I on, don't. You, you, no, 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 you go on. I just was going to say a comment I saw on like the post about Cashman saying shortstop's an issue we need to address and we're going to go out and get like a big guy, whatever. One of the comments was like in March and in quotes, it was like, Freddie Galvis really brings a different element to this team. And I laughed so hard, man. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like, that is such a Yankee sign. Like, ooh, look at yep. this guy we got. He could be, he could, he, look, he's going to hit 205 and hit 20 home runs for it. Ooh. He'll make Cashman, some slick plays Cashman in the field, with though. another slick move. Ooh. It's like, oh, hey, Cashman, don't overthink it. Go out and sign one of the four fucking big name shortstops that have all had great years and have been to all star teams and Silver Slugger Awards. Go get one of those guys, Cashman. Don't well, overthink look, it. look, look, Cashman to his own defense, and I don't want to give him too much defense on this, but You're he, has been, You're he, he has been hamstrung to an extent by Hal's resistance to going he over has, the luxury tax has. line, right? Yeah, so you look at yeah, you, so. Look, look at the quote he said today. He said, I hate to say it, but how dare anybody question when somebody commits the amount of dollars that Steinbrenner has? Uh, essentially insinuating that that Hal isn't committed to winning the way his father was. Uh, because uh, look how much money which, he's, yeah, which he's, is clearly he's not okay it, it's like yeah he's spending this kind of money within the the set confines that he said he's not going out and giving garrett cole 40 million dollars here and then also giving x y and z player bags as well like we he had to make sacrifices in a lot of other places to get 36 million dollars a year on the books for cole and stay under that luxury tax line so he's not actually spending it, it's fake right yeah a few guys in the lineup have have giant contracts. Aaron Judge is a free agent after this upcoming season. Do, what are we going to do with that? Are they going to extend him now? Are they going to uh, test free agency with him and like give him the Derek Jeter hardball treatment? Like go out and get a better deal. I know you want to be here, but go see if someone wants to pay you what you think you're worth, and, and then come crying back to us after. Will, like, by the way, Jesus Christ, man! Like, um, someone stop. Someone, someone take over. I'll yeah. say this. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Um, my concern i could make another crossbow reference right now i won't i won't make it right now but we'll see what happens um my concern would be getting the most right if you're going to spend 207 million dollars that's wonderful right it's not my money so i don't give a shit what you spend it on but like spend it better just like two hundred seven million dollars is a lot of fucking money so like yeah you, you know 30 or you know 50 percent of it is tied up in two players or whatever or you know 25 percent of it i should say is tied up in two players and you know there's a bunch of other medium or whatever size contracts like it adds up pretty quickly but like just get better players right you could put so much of it on cashman right say say what say whatever you want about aaron boone and how steinbrenner like i think they should i think they probably will spend more money but like you can get a better team for $207 million than what the Yankees had. And, you know, it's not there yet, you know, right? Like Hicks, $10 million, he was hurt. Voight was $5 million, he was hurt. You know, Gary Sanchez makes whatever he makes. He wasn't really that good. Like, um, you know, Gardner is Gardner, and he plays 120 games for like five years in a row, even though he was washed up five years ago. Like, all these guys that they pay, right? It's like whether you're hanging on or you thought they would be better and they're not like, I think you could just do better with the money that they spent. And at the same time, they should spend more of it. 
Yeah, ideally, uh, that would be ideal. But yeah, you know, we'll see. We're we're not going to get too into the off season today. We we really just wanted to get on talk about Boone, right? You know, just kind of give our thoughts. Um, yeah, look, this team has a lot deeper issues than Boone. If they go out, get a big name shortstop, get a few other key improvements, really improve the team going into next going into next year. I'll be really looking forward to it, but and uh, we'll I mean, I'd be interested to see, you know, what they do with the coaching staff because it's been pointed out by a few people, right? Like the other levels of the Yankees, like entire organization, a lot of them were just like really, really great offensively this year, and the Yankees in the in the major leagues obviously were not very good at all. So, like, um, but in previous years, right, you had Matt Blake come in, you have these, you know, young, more revolutionary staffs, you know, to revolutionize the pitching, right? They totally overhauled their strength and conditioning. Um, you know, they've done this at a lot of areas of the organization and Tim's has been here for, you know, whatever it was, six years or something like that. So, you know, if they, they identified that that was clearly an issue, right? It, it didn't, it, it jumped off the page that it was an issue, but hopefully that's the way they go. And, um, you know, we heard so much about like, you know, the gas station, right? This revolutionary pitching lab that they had at their in their organization, right? Hopefully we hear more about what they're doing and, you know, the direction they're going to go to address their hitting, which was a deficiency at the very least, understating this year. Yeah, well, look, we'll see, man. Hopefully they find someone, right? Hopefully they've, shit, man. Hopefully they find hitting coach Matt Blake, right? Like, hopefully they find yeah. a young guy who has new... Nice new ways of thinking, nice simplified contact in the other way, situational hitting based, right? We'll see. And we'll see. a third base coach because yeah, but their best friend forever, Phil, Phil Nevin, is now. Yeah, uh, you know, hey, look, third... hey, look, if Brett Gardner wants to come back next year, he could be the third base coach. He's not yep. playing. Yeah, Brett Gardner, dude, I feel like he'd have the greenest light of all time. Like <laughs> third base coach who, yeah, I can make it. Base, so you should be able to make it go. Any third base coach who doesn't lead the league in uh, getting guys getting thrown out of the plate, but that would be an upgrade, right? That that's kind of what we're aiming for. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, like I said, really, this main lose about Boone being back. You know how much I love Boone. Um, as as outraged as I was, as devastated as i as i was when i heard the news i do understand that there's much deeper problems in this organization and it's not as much as it's more important than boone is this team going out and having a good off off season right is going out and getting a few big name free agents and really improving this team maybe make a few trades maybe unload a few guys we'll see what happens but for luigi for andrew for g this was the bronx bomber battle podcast And we'll see you guys next time.